Welcome to the United We Scan podcast, the podcast by rural carriers for rural carriers. The views expressed in this podcast do not reflect the views or opinions of the United States Postal Service or the National Rural Letter Carriers Association. We ask that you please consult your assigned union representative for guidance in your local area. Make sure you like this podcast, share with your fellow rural carriers, and subscribe to be notified each time a new episode is uploaded. Please rate this podcast five stars where applicable and leave a comment or question for us below. Thank you. Now, here are the hosts of the United We Scan podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 47. We've got some news announcements, and then we're going to touch on some views on training, because training is always the hot topic, no matter what. I think it's something that we could can cover every single episode to one degree or another. Your week, Josh? I, my week was pretty good. Um, had one RCA that was struggling that I was working with that they let go Monday. Had a second RCA that's just about as new that was doing pretty good. Told her, you know, her car broke down and they went to send her to a different station on Tuesday and she's like, I don't have transportation to get there. Was told if you Pretty much, if she goes home, not to come back. Her service is no longer needed. For the person above my manager's head, told her to report back to work Thursday. So it was a pretty good week. And she's the sub that they told was assigned to my route. So at least I know I have one dedicated person carrying my route when I'm off that seems very promising. I've got a short week this week coming up, so... Nobody cares. Somebody cares. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if you care. Kristen doesn't care. Obviously, she got me off before because I say she's, it. she's still going to be working on Friday. Oh. And Saturday. Jeez, Bill, just, just cut her legs out from underneath her there. Well, you know, they I won't tell y'all I'm off on Monday, too. They, they they planned it this way so she'd have to work the, the holiday. Yeah, yeah, I know they did. Yeah, yeah. All right, get thanks. into that. How was your week? Well, well... <laughs> well, just free flow this whole thing. Well, my Might week well. was my week was pretty um, normal overall. Uh, did get the announcement that they're going to be doing the Google Street views on our line of travel manager. But our supervisor, 204B, who is a rural carrier, said that if there are any discrepancies, that he will be sitting with the carriers to make sure they're right. They're going to go through all the traffic control points with the carrier to make sure they're right. But other than that, I didn't did not appreciate having a box holder come in for Friday. I would have been happier if it came in on Thursday instead of Friday. I'd like to get out early on my Friday because I don't have to work Saturday like some people. And uh, Bill. (laughs) Then uh, this weekend I uh, went and uh, helped out at my friend's model railroad museum that's opening up again this year. 
uh, largest O-scale two-rail layout, and they're getting it all buttoned up and uh, ready to go after the summer work session on it. And I usually help out on my Sunday off day there, so that way uh, they have enough people to chase trains and stuff because they have a lot of them. But other than that, that's pretty much my week. And how about you, Bill? How was your week? Oh, my week was pretty good. Hold on. <laughs> Kiss from my wife. Flats are, flats are piling up now. Friday, 12 tubs. Saturday, 12 tubs. Political mail is still heavy. Parcels are running about 220 a day. Well, let's see, got called in, you know, forced in Saturday because our, our superior supervisor forgot she handed out two leave slips and already had an open route scheduled. So I would have <laughs> walked into a mess on Monday. And I said, well, I guess I'll volunteer then. <laughs> I'd like to know if any of our listeners go through the same problem with scheduling. It, it, this seems just to be a, a pandemic in Westchester. But besides that, uh, we got our local meeting on Tuesday. Food and beverages provided. And we will be discussing your Christmas overtime. We'll be discussing the... Uh, future of our delegates and how we're picking them and how we're reversing people who go to our state convention. That sounds like a pretty good meeting there. You you have your choice of uh, turkey, Italian or roast beef hoagies, uh, macaroni and cheese uh, bowls, and then uh, whatever fluids I decide that are deemed appropriate for our group, which are non-alcoholic. Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we had a couple couple alcoholic meetings that got out of control, so we we put the kibosh on that. Yeah, no alcohol at ours either, unless unless they purchase it themselves. But yeah, we don't even have meetings where they serve alcohol, so that solves that problem. Right. So, how was your week, Kristen? Mine was okay. Monday was normal. Tuesday, Amazon didn't show up until after all the carriers left. Tuesday was an awesome day. I was back and clocked out by like nine minutes after 1 p.m. <laughs> wow. Doesn't happen too often, but I'll take it when I, I can get it. I haven't had that happen in years. Yeah, yeah, that was a in at 8 o'clock and out at 1, my 45K. Of course, two, Wednesday I got double Amazon, but it still wasn't, it was big boxes, but it was still only 138, so I won't even count that as a heavy day, really. And yesterday was extremely light, too. I had, and Friday, was Friday or Thursday? I think it was Thursday. Thursday, I only had two large boxes on the floor, the LLV, everything else was on the shelves, and yesterday, I, everything was on the shelves. I didn't have a single package on the floor of the LLV. I was done... Oh, what time I was done yesterday? It was probably around just shy of three, I think. See, so you're you know, the carrier. Yeah, you're the carrier. Our president was talking about getting done way under their valuation. Yeah, not really. Normally, <laughs> I'm pretty close, but this week's been kind of light for us for a, a weird change. I, I called it the calm before the storm because I know how this route gets in the in pink time. So I'll, I'll take the lighter days. 
Uh, first announcement, I did get told, I think it was Thursday or Friday, I will officially be a regular carrier November 18th on the 45K. Yay! I'll, yeah, send no. a, I'll send you a case of uh, Crown Royal Salted, Salted Caramel. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, November 18th is my effective date. So I have one more pay period as an RCA. Yeah, they wanted I, to keep you an RCA during the, the holiday. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah. The only one in the office to come in and case all up, all six routes. Yeah, yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, whatever. They may. We do have a new RCA starting this week training. We'll rehire from a former office. So it was uh, wasn't it was a close enough timeline so he didn't have to redo anything. So Basically, it was just getting him into the payroll and get him in the office. He didn't have to do orientation, academy, LLV training. None of that was all. All that was still good. So I'll be doing his OJI on Tuesday and Wednesday. And I think they may try and pull him in Saturday with me to at least just case up the his primary route while I hit up the other five routes. But yeah, that was my week. Fairly simple and was in a bit lighter week. I'm not complaining one bit. James, you That's have some awesome. announcements from what I understand. Yes, I do. And the very first important one that we have actually came from the Decertify NRLCA Facebook group. Firstly, they've gotten 16,500 signatures on the decertification group, and more are still coming in. But the person who started the decertification, who is a standing good member in good standing with the union, dues paying and everything, has stated that none of the unions that they can get a hold of are interested in taking over for the NRLCA, and they're switching to their plan B. So that means the decertification movement is on its last legs. But as we always have said, though we do not support the decertification movement, we believe in one unified craft. So we will welcome them to be involved in this podcast as well as on our Facebook groups with open arms. Because no craft member should be left behind and no craft member should be fighting with each other. We're one craft doing one job and we're all here for each other. The next announcement I have is we've gotten quite a few people who have responded to us about our comments on, on using the load truck feature uh, when you're on the start load vehicle time. And we say, I said it was a time wasting effort, but the meaning behind that was that once you start doing that, you have to continue doing that in order to keep it in your evaluation. We did not mean that you had to do it or you shouldn't be doing it. There have been many different fights all the way up to step fours over the load truck feature. And it is carrier discretion whether to use the load truck feature. Don't let us dictate what you do. If you want to use the load truck, Rather than marking your parcels, that's fine, but that is case time, not load time. If they give you the directive, you 
have to use load truck, I said that we you should be doing it under the your load vehicle time, starting in load vehicle. Otherwise, it's while you're in the case sorting your parcels out. Or you could just be like where I'm at with this route already, no matter how heavy of a day it is, and I just wheel the cart out and put them in, organize them in the truck in order and don't mark anything anymore. Well, that's what you get for being a regular. I'm not a regular yet, though. Not You're yet. becoming one already. You're already turning into one. <laughs> You're doing the route as a regular would already. I have, okay, this question was sent to me recently. This popped up in listener chat, but I kind of want to touch on this because I did get a uh, a DM about this this week as well. Any idea when the 4003 will be opened back up so we can take the low option? Why do we have to choose before we know the result of the routes? I had a DM this week come through about something similar, but this was... Uh, let me pull it up real quick so I can uh... quote it verbatim. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so I'm not misspeaking. So why would they not be offering the high-low option after the last count? I lost $10,000. I can't afford that much of a cut. I need to go to a J route. And then, you know, of course, I explained that you choose at the end of the each mini mail survey. This is in response on another social media group about... Um, high low option and when you can choose it and i had responded that you know at the end of the many mail surveys so you can only choose high option at those times um, but you can go from high to low at any time if you were to change your mind you have to be you know the 10 10 years from retirement computation date in order to qualify their response was i was told that they have not yet opened it up for us to elect that yet i had elected after the last count to go to a j route and then after this count my route went up an hour, and he said I had to stay at a K route until they opened that option back up. Can you explain the 10-year option again for our listeners? 10-year from retirement computation date. Not 10 years of service? No. Right. This is a very confusing thing for some people because in our office, we have a guy who's up for retirement this year. He has his 10-year computation in there. And he said, well, I don't have 10 years in, Bill. I'm like, let me explain this to you in English. <laughs> and after I showed it to him in, in, in writing, in, you know, printed, he goes, well, I want the high option. I'm like, there you go. But <laughs> since we don't have any stewards in our office anymore, that's no. a very con confusing aspect for some people to grasp. Yes, it is because you know you hear well. It's you know it's said in in many different ways, and that's why it confuses people. Well, you have to be regular for ten years. No, it's ten years from your computation date. If you're a PTF, your your career that goes towards your computation date. If you have military time that you could buy back, that goes towards your computation date. If you bought it back. If you bought it back, yes. And actually have it paid off. Yes. Or And if you were part of that time where you could buy back some of your RCA time. Because there was, was a time when you could. Back before, what, 88? Yes. 1888, yes. Yeah, yeah. 19, 1988, yes. Yeah. 
when they changed so, the law on that. And there and, is a bill again that was presented recently for to allow us to do that. So reach out to I forget what the bill number is at the moment. We'll find it and post it on all of our socials. Reach out to your local, your Leg state representatives and legislatives. Let them know you want them to support that bill. And actually, I think on the Nationals website, they have a form letter that you can post. That you can print out and fill, fill in and send to them. It's either on ours or on the NALCs. I think they I all the have one. Yeah. But honestly, your your uh, representatives like to hear personal stories more than form letters. Yeah. So if you can, you know, get put some personal touch to that, I would definitely recommend it. Especially people that have been RCA for 8, 10, 12, 15 years. I will have 8 years, 11 months, and 4 days. Hence why I said that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Eight years, I 11 have, months, I, and four days when I go regular on the 18th of November. Yes. Yeah, I have right. another comment. Regard, that I would yeah, say in regards I, to the 4.03s. Uh-huh. They were supposed to open up on October 7th. However, there was an issue with it and other software. So they had to close it out and make a patch so it, they could work it and was supposed to reopen at like about the 20th. But for whatever reason, they have not, headquarters has not reopened it yet. I haven't heard anything since a week and a half, two weeks ago in that regard, you know, since that, about that. But it was software issue on them bringing it, opening it back up for district to put the higher low options in. When isn't it a software issue at headquarters? Well, well, if they would just turn around and invest a little bit of money in technology, it wouldn't be so bad. I know many different government agencies that have updated their technology in the last 10 years, and it made so much of a difference to how things were done and it made things so much more efficient and it cost a lot less after over time doing it that way but they are so short-sighted that if it if it's a short-term cost because you have to remember our postmaster is a, involved in the stock market and what do anybody involved in the stock market do they look at short-term gains over long-term uh, security. Yep. So that's yeah. what they're doing at the post office too. Is short short term costs are too much for them, even though there's long term gains over that. I thought it was buy low, sell high. That was what it was originally, but then you got all these. Uh, well, I'm not going to really get into this discussion, <laughs> but your hedge, your hedge, hedge, fund, uh, hedge fund managers is all I have to say. All right, uh, I do have a comment that somebody made about the load truck feature, and you actually posted this, Kristen. Um, 
Did you know a majority of postmasters do not know the difference between load truck on the main menu and the start load vehicle in the rural activity scan and have been telling ARCs and RCAs to just use the load truck feature? <laughs> Why am of I not course surprised? They don't. Of course they don't. Management got less training than we did. And they're they the ones even... responsible for training us. <laughs> I mean, Kristen was there when I called out the district manager on the fact he wasn't training his postmasters. And you left the regional manager. Slightly yeah. speechless, too, because he couldn't answer yeah. that. Yeah, because yeah, he couldn't there. answer why he couldn't make it mandatory that management got this training. Yeah. Because he didn't get the training either. <laughs> but one thing you want to make sure is you make sure that your RCAs James, uh, know. He didn't get it? Or no. he didn't pay attention to it like he claimed the um, postmasters did? He probably didn't pay attention to it either, but um, at least he didn't talk in as many circles as the Joy did at National Convention. Oh, let's not even go down that rabbit hole, please. I don't have the front end loader out ready to go, okay? Oh, some, well, we some don't need to be digging point. that hole right now. Well, some people started getting their print copies of the National Convention proceedings, so I had to make that comment. Yeah, I know. All right, we need to we need to keep moving on this. Um, so the biggest thing is we talked about how people learn last episode, how people understand in different ways. So we put out to everybody that we wanted how tips and tricks on how they train people and uh, got quite a few responses on that. And I'm just going to read a few of them and let you guys comment on them. How does that sound? Go for it. All right. The very first one, it doesn't matter what we tell them because management turns around and tells them something totally different. Management won't let us train properly. They're having the newbies take DPS straight to the street. No marking packages. Those go straight out and use load feature. They have subs working too many routes too quickly. Yep. I, I, uh, yes. <laughs> I think when they're first learning that case, casing the DPS is, a, a is, can be very helpful. My office is one that likes to push DPS to the street right away. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I think casing the DPS can be very helpful when an RCA is starting out, starting out and, uh, learning the case because it's in order. It's, you know, you can weed out the junks when they get out on the street. They're not all discombobulated with something that doesn't belong there. Uh, hence like my route, for example, when I get spectrum. Don't get me started on how many times a week Spectrum has to send something out to every address underneath the sun, whether there's actually a housing unit there or not. <laughs> yeah, that type of stuff. I think it really helped. That's part helpful. Um, I, as far as load truck, I I do know 
our borrowed RCAs use it. They don't mark anything, number one, and they use load truck. To me, I know load truck was bef- was after I started. Package look ahead and load truck. I was already pretty much an established RCA carrier on several routes before that even came about. And so I personally can't speak on experience with using it. I see where it can be a decent tool with organizing your packages. But to me, having to look at package look ahead all freaking day long to see what you got coming up next is a waste of time. Yep. I, uh, when I was, when I was an RCA, I know that makes me sound so old, even though I'm the youngest one on this podcast. Um, when I've I was been at the post they... office longer than you have. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, they actually had the load truck feature on the scanners. And when I would go and do a new route, it was a great thing to use for me because I could scan the parcel and it would tell me not only the section number, but the sequence number on the route too. And I'd write the sequence number down and then I'd organize them by the sequence number. And then I could go out. I wouldn't have to mark them in the case because I just put them in sequence order. And that's how I learned to deliver in sequence order. And then after I transitioned over to learning the primary route that I'm on now, I no longer have to do the load truck feature to get them in sequence. I know the sequence in my head. And like you said, just go out, load them in order and deliver them in order without even marking anything. But for somebody who's just starting out that doesn't know the sequence of the route and how the roads go together and things like that, I think it's a great feature to use personally. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've told subs to do that because just writing the sequence number and putting them in sequence order is a lot faster than trying to find the address on the, on the case and then trying to make sure you put it in order in that case order. So I don't know about Josh or Bill on this. Well, I mark my parcels because, like I've said many times, I'll miss them with a marker. Oh, yeah. Me too. So if I miss them with a marker, what makes you think I'm going to get any of them right when I'm out there and not have to loop around to deliver? Just because I'll forget to look at what the next one is or forget what the next one is after I've looked. And I just put in the stage chat what comes up every time I go to either load truck or look at package look ahead. It hasn't worked for me in probably a year at this point. I don't use it except for very rare occasions. Like if I have a really large heavy box and the label is too far away to see from the truck from the seat in the LLB. I would go to load truck and then scan it just to see what the address was. So so I don't forget it when I get there and I'm looking at the parcels in other areas and miss it. And be like, oh, well, I'll find it later. Or if the address is so screwed up, you can use the load truck to see what the address is. But like I said, I don't have that function in my scanner. So, and that's that's a big one. If if you can't see the address, but it has the barcode on it, and 
like Josh said, if it's not popping up in that load truck feature, take it to your supervisor. They can punch it in the computer and get the address that way. Yep. Of course, if the address yep. and the barcode are screwed up, then you're screwed on figuring out where it goes. Unless it's an but Amazon hey, it, QR code. Yeah, if it's got the QR code, that that can be scanned too in the load in the load truck feature to try and find it if it's not popping up with the regular barcode. Yes, that QR code on Amazon has been a lifesaver for half of the packages that you can't get them to scan anyways because Amazon's printers suck. <laughs> yeah. And they're starting to put them on the postal ones too. Yes, they are. And I have seen them on some of the God forbid Timu crap. All right. The next one. This one actually came with a few comments on it. Um, so it's a simple comment. I've told the sub to drive the route a few times on their own time just to get familiar with it. And responses to that was, I did this when I was a sub. Great tip. It's helped me a bunch on new unfamiliar routes. One less thing I have to remember. Uh, once they're on the route, they're still unsteady the first few times. But I think it takes a little of the scare out of tackling a new route. I had a paper route years ago, and I would drive it during the day taking notes so I'd be able to deliver better when it's dark. So it could help out if you're coming up on winter months and you're getting close to the end and it's starting to get dusk out. So that would help a lot of subs, too. What do you guys think? I know uh, yeah. when I, yeah, I, when I got my, when I got awarded the route I'm on, I went to that station and got the 403 and with the turn by turn and went out and tried to drive it and tried to ask the my predecessor like hey i couldn't figure this out you know how do i get to this so i was able to ask and find out where you know where things were where the you know things were hidden that i didn't see when i drove it myself where i started some of our routes, a couple of them have some pretty confusing little areas in there that, you know, I, yeah, I definitely suggest them if you got the time and can do it to go out and, you know, take that line of travel with you and go out and drive the route a good couple times just to kind of get the feel of the flow of it. And I think that also helps, especially when you're learning a case and you know the flow of the route, you can connect the two a little bit better that way too. But who's paying me to drive it on my own time? Not saying you have to do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a benefit for yourself, just like training yourself on Rex. See, you had to go there, didn't you? <laughs> I had to. I had to. You know, it, reminds me, the early, it reminds me earlier of the comment about the supervisors not paying attention because I was at the Rex training with both of mine, and neither one of them retained anything. <laughs> well, sometimes they don't learn that way, though. Mm -hmm. Remember, well, we I... talked about the different ways of learning, and if they weren't sitting there taking notes at the same time it was being taught, they probably didn't retain it, because they're probably a read-and-write learner. Well, maybe they didn't re uh, retain it because they had their cell phones in their hand while the training was going on. Oh, so they were the ones that uh, 
the regional manager said, don't pay attention during training. And they listened. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the the supervisor I went to train maybe, with isn't even in our office anymore. So, or maybe, or maybe it doesn't affect their paychecks, so they don't give a shit. Right? Oh, damn! Ow. Did Sorry. you have to be so honest? <laughs> I'm gonna re-say that. Whoever's editing, just cut out the first part. Maybe it doesn't affect their paychecks, so they weren't as concerned. I like, I like the first, first one rap. better. I like the yeah, first one better. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, edit one of the two out. <laughs> Leave them nah. both in. Leave them both in. Leave them both in. Yeah. <laughs> that way they know we do some editing, but some things we are honest about. All yeah. right, next, next comment. RCA here. <laughs> I've found it's helpful to make my own cards for the routes. Basically, note cards that I case to tell me what I need. Turn left here, box on tree, dogs don't get out. Turn right here, turn around here, box in bush, see photo on phone of trailer park map. Turn around after house number, hardships to know for each route. I use colored cardstock, different color per route, right on the cards where they go in the case. 1A, 2C, 5B, etc so they could be cased up easily if a new sub were to run it blind. In my experience, the 4003s were so old and the print is so tiny, it just didn't help me much. Also, it helps to run the same route at least three days in a row. First half, second half, whole route, then whole route from that point on with maybe a little help a few times to get it done. This should be done before moving a sub to a new route, in my opinion. Staffing plays a role in this, though. All offices are not staffed appropriately, and it's negatively impacting everyone. I I have to agree I, with that. Um, one of the things I kept from the uh, regular that retired on the route I'm I take have taken over is she does have well for our holds we have the red carrier alert cards, and we put a slit. We'll put a little with the little clear window plastic label holder that you get on the sides of the helicopter flat tubs, you know, type things. And we'll write the address in and stick them in the case. That way, if it's not being held um, out of DPS, we'll know, you know, to bring that mail back with us that they're on hold. But she also has blue ones that have the hardships. So we can, I, I don't keep them in there, but if I have somebody that hasn't ran my route before running it, then I will case those up for them. That way they know, and it says right on there where the hardship, where the box is for the hardship. Also, my business closed for Saturdays that don't get mail. I've got some for them too, because my whole industrial park doesn't get mail on Saturdays, and my chamber and township offices don't get mail on Saturdays. So that's really helpful as well. I use those when I start, first started running that route. Of course, I don't need those anymore. I leave the hold ones in there because sometimes... I don't think about it, but it helps just in case. And uh, so, yeah, definitely those type of things, those little things that you can put in a case for those little extras. I had made a cheat sheet for an RC in the past on our one route that we dubbed as turnaround because that's literally all you do in that POA is turnaround. And my uh, supervisor and postmaster actually printed out my cheat sheets and put it right in at the case that way if a newer rca or a borrowed rc is running that route it's just got you know to remember you're turning around at this address or 
there's a one spot when you're heading up 23, you're hitting all the side roads, but there's one where you got to go up 23 for four boxes and then retrace back down to that road and hang a left rather than turn and right. And I remember the first time I ran that route, I totally missed that. So that was one of those things that I tried to notate for the future for other RCAs to run that. So yeah, I definitely agree that having some sort of cheat sheet or cheat cards of some sort for those special little circumstances definitely helps. I've got a laminated one in my truck so that, you know, when somebody's on there, they know where the vacants are. Okay. And, and, and the holds, I, this, 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 this is one I came up with. I got tongue depressor sticks, painted them red and wrote hold on them with a black magic marker. So that when the, when the subs there, they can look for them right off the bat. And I put them right in the slot. They fit perfectly in the slot. And I, 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 unless it's my speedy PTF that, uh, you know, does my route once every blue moon, these guys catch it every time and they look down, they see the holds. You know, my holds are on, on standard, you know, hold forms or pieces, you know, white pieces of paper with a black magic marker. And you can see it from 20 feet, but they often won't visually remember to look down all the time. So those red uh, the tongue depressor sticks really catches their attention. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you've got the tongue depressor sticks, and I got the uh, plastic red carrier alert cards put in there. So similar, similar yeah. circumstance. Yeah. Yep. All right. I keep an alphabetical cheat sheet under the plastic on my route. It gives every street, each block, row, and shelf location, six A, etc. One of the things I do with all with new RCAs. Is I have them go wrap around the or go through the case and write down all the street names, then put them in alphabetical order, and then write what shelf and case number they're on. So when they're casing raw mail, they say, "All right, more Mounting Rock. All right, I know it's on this shelf, this case, this shelf, this case, this shelf, this case." To help them learn it, I I have a uh, plastic, um, well, not plastic. I have uh, cream-colored business cards taped onto the uh, each shelf and to each wing, showing the, the streets, you know, and the, and the numbers on that street for that particular shelf. And like with uh, Rosewood Drive, it's on my first shelf, you know, on my left, and there's a line underneath it because. After you do Rosewood, you never see it again. So you don't have to look for it down the up and down five rows. It's there, it's done, it's gone. And I have done that all the way around my case with uh, three three whole pieces and a, and a wing. Anything, like anything you can do to make it easier for the sub, you know, helps you out. Because you won't come back to a mess every uh, holiday or drop day. Right. Or even and, even as a even as something as a, a a regular going to a new route, yeah. You know, if it's not something that they ran as an RCA, so they're not familiar with it, and it just happens to be the route that they got. You know that anything like that is definitely helpful. Yeah, but shouldn't they get eight, depending on the size of the route, eight to twenty-four hours of familiarization assistance? 
Well, if the other characters no, gone. No, that doesn't no. always happen. No. Per hundred, there's like an hour allowance. Yeah, something like that. I, I, can, I can see that. I can see the chart when there's a change or anything like that. But uh, yeah, I can't can't pull it up off the top of my head. Oh, that's because I'm bald. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, back to what you were saying on what you have at your case, Bill. Mm-hmm. That is, I I knew someone that had you know that did that also, and when I was in RCA, I was on that case. But you're still having to look through the whole case, you know, or at the whole case to find the street where this is all on a piece. You just look right down a piece of paper in alphabetical order. You just find, like you said, what lock, lock, Rosewalk or something like that. Rosewood, Rosewood, Rosewood. You just go down to the R's, find Rosewood, and say, "All right, it's on first case, third shelf," and that's the the only place you'll see it. Also, for visual learners, when you're learning a case, each end of each street has its own colored different symbol on the yep. case, and that was that really helped me quite a bit as a visual person to uh, get to know you know, at least the color right offhand or the symbol of what that street was if I was looking for something. Are you talking on the labels? Yes. Yeah. All right. See, which see, is now I'm, I'm an old which head. Is, and I do that is, with the, the end of a street, okay? And then I use a pink marker to segregate the different uh, CBUs on my route. And let me tell you, I, it, it's not just for the subs. It, it it quickens my eye-hand coordination knowing exactly where it is before I even think about it. Well, that's like when I get new when I get new labels, I put with a black sharpie a line at the the end of a street or a CBU, and then red. I use red for if it's like a soft breakoff point, like. For example, on a really light day, you can go two, three blocks, where on a heavier day, you only go one, you know, to one corner. And I use magenta for cul-de-sac. <laughs> no, I, I don't, much but... prefer periwinkle. <laughs> you would. <laughs> Either way, it's a pink. Yes. But it is all ideas to, to help, you know, people, you know, learn the case, learn the route, you know, become proficient and make them better carriers. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, said, I've, got, I, I've got three new ones coming into train here, coming up as we're coming into, as we're coming into peak season. So that's always the worst time to start, but it happens. And my thing is, is if a new RCA gets through Christmas, the first time around, though they're golden, especially if they're starting as that season's yeah. picking up. Yeah. No. I started my shadow day was the day after Christmas. Was my shadow day, so I came in at the very tail end of it, That's but the like middle of winter in the snow belt. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we made that was fun. We... Yeah. <laughs> I started mid to late October. 
and my regular already had vacation planned for the end of November. So I had well, that the, good week. The, the, the one that I'm training this week is uh, going on the route that the uh, carrier does uh, like to take those three to five day weekends. So I, we'll see how I started in the, I started in April. Yeah, spring. Yeah, as things had died down and I had plenty of time nice, to learn the easy. route, plenty of time to learn where everything was before I hit Christmas peak season. <laughs> and it took that long for me to learn the routes and have everything click for me. And I was doing 11, 12 hour days as an RCA learning these routes. And then I get into peak season, doing 11 to 12 hour days and peak. Then when I came off of peak, everything was just flowing smoothly. I was doing eight hour days at most. It was great. Must but... be nice. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> that's why I was like saying this past week is like the calm before the storm for me because I know how this route gets. So yeah. <laughs> I started before they had parcels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So did before, quite a few other scanners. people we know. Yeah, before we actually, yeah, we never had scanners when I first started. Yeah. Yeah, don't forget he was right he was riding horse before Bucky to deliver the mail. <laughs> <laughs> I used my bicycle with a basket on it. <laughs> Some people and still could do. Fit the whole route in the basket. It Some was people a big ass do. basket, okay? <laughs> they, just, they just bought new bicycles for people. Didn't you see the, the posts all over the place? No. Nope. They finally replaced. They finally replaced the one big wheel ones. Yeah. Now, not for rural though. I, I could imagine trying to take a bike down some of the rural roads. No, yeah. thank you. <laughs> I'll take a bike over a metris. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's been the other big one is the uh Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I broke a I broke a metris the first time I drove it on my regular route. Mm. I popped three pieces of plastic off of that thing on my rural route. So next comment we got was we make what we call route books has all addresses in route order and notes besides, such as dog hazards, et cetera, and a cheat sheet with road numbers and then beside it where it's located on the case. I also put arrows inside mailboxes pointing to the houses. Dang. That That's definitely sweet. could be helpful, the arrows, when you're, you know, when you have those roads that have all the mailboxes on one side, so, and people... And especially if, you know, we, I mean, I have some of those routes that I've ran to where, you know, it's evens going one way, odds on the other side, but you're going up, you know, you're going the one way and it's odds and all of a sudden you have an even house number right in the middle of them. Just in the middle, you know, nowhere. Yeah, those ones tend to throw you off. So I could definitely uh, see, especially on the roads when it's evens on one side and odds on the other. And all the mailboxes are on one side and somebody may not grasp or if you have to hit a county line, we've got one route like that too that it's 
the four thousands until you hit the county line. And as soon as you cross that county line, it switches to the seven thousands. And instead of going up in the four thousands, it's now going down and your odds and even switch sides. Yeah, when you told me that <laughs> way back when, I'm like, what? Yeah, so you go like from 4928 to 7900 or 7999, and now 7999 is on the same side of the street the 4928 was. And then, yeah, no. it's yep. One of the routes I was covering when I was in RCA, after they did a route adjustment, they pulled one street off of the one route and gave it to another well in the original route that had it uh that street he has he goes down alleyways and all the mailboxes are on the same side and some of some of the houses the alley is running behind that main road they took off of him so now you have two carriers going down the same alley and there been there were a couple times where both of them were back to you know two lobs back to back i have one road on my route that uh chester road but you also have addresses for pine street which is the next road up but all the mailboxes are on the back side of the houses so you have 425 pine street and then the next box is 425 Chester. And that house is actually on that street, you know, is on the left-hand side, the front facing that road, whereas the one for Pine, the front door faces the other street, so you have the back of the house where the mailbox is. Yeah. <laughs> that's on my route. And that's where learning names comes in handy as well. Yep. I got a cute story for you about mailboxes. Yes, sir. In, in in several sections of my old route, they had several crossbars up there with multiple mailboxes where, the, you know, the odds were on the right and the evens were on the left, but the mailboxes obviously were on the right-hand side. And I advised the people that they should put up number signs for their driveways, at their driveways, so we can know where to deliver parcels. And everybody but one person complied. And after the third request, I said, to hell with it. And then I noticed one day he spray painted his number on a tree. I said, well, you know, that's a cheap way of doing it. He was later taken to court for defacing a historic tree. <laughs> the tree was over 200 years old. Oh, It wow. was actually, actually on a county historic landmark listing. <laughs> Oops! Ouch! He he ha- he had to have a, a, an arborist come out, clean the tree, and then put a sign up. But it, it was like a fifteen hundred dollar mistake for him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, normally if you ask people, they're they're considerate enough to do that for you. Oh yeah, and I know in our area they have to, anyways, uh, for nine one one purposes. But yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot, I have some, so, uh, several addresses that are, that butt up to uh, the city route, right at the edge of the city line there, that 
for some reason years and years ago, they changed the numbering. So instead of being 400 or 300, it's now 800. So they actually have both numbers on the mailbox still. So 834 and 334, because the mail still comes to both. Yeah, but yeah. if it's on your if if it's on your route, I have a same similar situation. You know uh-huh. the name, so you know you're you're turning for that name, not so much the address. Yes. Yep. Back yep. back to the back to the basics, though. I I'd, uh, I'd like everybody's opinion in regards to. I'm I'm an old head, so I I case my DPS normally because I have half a tray of you know misorts and Klingons and everything else, but. In regards to doing, you know, the DPS to the street or doing up-downs or, you know, the taco or anything, what what do you guys find easier for yourselves? I take my DPS to the street when I pull down. I I am very meticulous. I'm not one of those like everybody else in my office who just, everybody pulls down, up-down. We did have one taco carrier. She has since retired. But uh, I... And I case different than everybody else. I'm a spine down caser, not a spine up. So all my addresses are facing me and not the back of the case. Uh, that comes from probably years of when I would pull down and crisscross into tubs. That's uh, just how I case. That's So when I pull down, I pull what works for me doing the up down. I use actually half trays to pull down into. I pull down, but the only time that I would crisscross or, you know, put turn something sideways, if I have DPS, that my raw mail that I've cased up, and they don't have a flat, and it's just that DPS, then I put that, it's not all standing up, it's then I have it like it would be in the DPS case. So that's right. kind of a little bit uh, how I do that. All my flats will stand up, and then my... Letters that are individual without flats are in, so they're not on their side. I guess that's the best way to explain it. But I, I have kind of, and I kind of stagger my my flats. So, I mean, I do have those houses that get a ton of flats still. Every catalog underneath the freaking sun, and in multiples. Uh, so I kind of stagger. So my address, I got one that goes more left, the next house more to the right, to the left, to the right, to the left, to the right. That way there is some sort of division there and it's not just all pulled down into one stack Mm -hmm. and thrown in the tray. I personally taco my flats and if it gets too many of them or if it's too thick of a one, I put it out in a tub on the side and flat it out like so if they have like n catalogs that day i'll rubber band them together i'll have the top pieces facing opposite so regardless of which way it's in the you know in my tray at the end i have the address facing front and my two dismount cbu sections it's five cbus but it's only two different area dismounts so I got two CBUs at one condo and three at the other. And those are the only two I have to dismount for. And those I'll tend to rubber band together. That way I can just grab that stack that's rubber banded and grab the DPS and then hop out. That way I'm not fishing through it at the same time. I started out when I when I started as an RCA, I was casing everything. And that's because I wanted to be accurate. I wanted to make sure I had the right address for the houses especially with all the DPS errors that we get. 
except for during count or mini mail survey or any of that stuff, the DPS errors are horrendous. Um, oh, not this year. This was this week was the first time I've actually seen my water bills actually ran through the DPS instead of having to hand sort them suckers out. <laughs> yeah. Then after a little while, I switched to taking DPS to the street, and now. I either just take it to the street or I crisscross and pull down into it. I found that if I have less than half the case has mail in it, uh, half the active addresses have mail in it, then I'll crisscross, pull down into it because it's fast. But other than that, I'll take it to the street and do it on the street and throw the, the DPS errors into the outgoing mail. Let it go back to the plant that way. But other than that, I mean, it, it takes me the same amount of time whether I pull down into it or I take the DPS to the street. If yeah, I case it all, it takes me too long in the office and I maybe save 15 minutes on the route overall. Yeah. My, my aux I, route, because it normally a heavy day on DPS was only a full half try. I normally, with the, uh, with the aux route, I pulled down to the DPS. I don't um, on this 45k just because it is a it is a fairly heavy route so I don't normally pull down into my DPS I mean there'll be days where I have two three four traits of DPS with only maybe a full half tray of pull down so, Look, yeah, for my bother. DPS the CBUs I will do a hard riffle through the DPS tray and rubber band each set of doors so each door is separate or if it's a lighter day each location for the one set of townhouses for my curbside in riding i usually will case that dps up that way it's a single bundle throw and go when i'm out there i'd rather be i in the past when I've taken DPS to the street, I think it takes me one and a half times longer on the street to work the DPS than in the office. I've gotten um, to the point with DPS to the street that I think I'm actually quicker with I, taking it to the street than I am with trying to case it up. I know a lot then, of people that are like that. But the way I pull down, it just casing the DPS up for me is just a pain. I mean, if I was a, if I was pulling into my DPS, that would be one thing, but. If I have, like, for example, those rare days where flats and raw mail are really, really light, and I have two trays of DPS for the almost what? thousand addresses I have. What? I'll, I said, on those rare days that I get only two trays of DPS, I will pull down the flat and spurs into the DPS and put my parcel markers in front of the mail in the DPS and just take it that way. But, oh, usually I have five pack trays. Now, when I uh, was using my parcel markers, I have rainbow colors. I had four different colors. Reds for the big stuff. Uh, I was using yellow and purple for medium-sized stuff. Green for small boxes that normally would probably fit in one mailbox. And I had bright pink for 
for the soft stuff for like the the spurs whatever you want to call them and then didn't uh get tubbed up were too big to put in the tub with everything else and if i when i was pulling down if they didn't have any mail to pull down they just had a parcel marker and i turned that parcel marker on its side so, you, I, you know, and then I would crisscross them. So if it was like a really exceptionally light day for for flats and raw mail, I would have a rainbow of parcel markers pulled down and you would have one would go one way, one would go another way. The next one goes straight up and down, then start it over again if there wasn't any other mail in between. That was signifying I don't have mail for them here, but they do have a package. If I'm pulling in, into my DPS, if it's that light of a day and I'm pulling, I'll, and there's no mail, but I have a parcel marker, I'll put a rubber band around the parcel marker so I know it's for an address between the one before and one after. I didn't go that far. All right, James, where are we going now? All right, I'll give you the last comment that I've got to, for today. There were, there were more comments on the uh, post in the uh, Rural Mail Carriers United group, but this one is probably one of the best ones I've read out of these so far. So first I start with, quote, I've been doing this route one way or another since year. You're not going to match me in a day, a week, or a month, end quote. Then I start with, no one does it identically and almost everyone modifies how they do it sooner or later. There is no one way. Mail is the most important part. The DPS and RAW accountables. Then comes paid magazines, then USPS parcels, then UBM grade flats, and then any packages given to USPS by other carriers. And you can cut in reverse order. Reminder, you're supposed to ask management to cut. And from my manager, I'm adding this ad lib, was they have to actually tell district that they're cutting it as well. Our station has new subs case DPS for their assigned route. This would be happening before you ever got to meet your sub on the workroom floor. I do tell subs I prefer accuracy over speed because they can always leave unknown for carrier review. Management prefers speed with accuracy, which is unrealistic for a newbie. But I mostly I try to reassure them, ask any questions. God, one asked if they got to leave at eight hours on the clock. Feel free to ask in <laughs> feel free to ask anyone a question, not just me. And to relax. We've all had the I want to scream, cry, throw mail feeling one time or another. There's now cell phones and GPS and look ahead on the scanner. Then I ask, where do they want to start? And do you want a cookie? <laughs> I want a cookie. I have one of my bed and breakfasts on Lake Huron that orders a lot of Amazon. If the one lady is working laundry that day and sees me pull in, she always gives me three of the chocolate chunk cookies out of the cookie jar on the desk. <laughs> I don't see her all the time. I mean, I could help myself, but I'm not, I don't do that. But uh, speaking of cookies, anyways. But yeah, no, definitely, you're going to change the way you do things as you go. I know I have changed several ways, several times. You know, I started in a POV, I pulling down into tubs, I've pulled down into half trays in a POV, I continued to carry the, I did, I used to, drove my postmaster 
crazy when I transferred into this office and I was pulling down LLVs into tubs. Absolutely drove her crazy. She just did not like that. And then when I had to switch POVs, had to get a different car, and I couldn't pull down into a tub because I couldn't set it on my lap with the way my dash came out, I then started pulling down in a half tries, and I've just, I've kept that throughout, even with the LLVs. You do, you change stuff up. You know, I used to mark everything. As a POV driver, I marked everything. Every package I had, it, it was marked. It, because when, you, when you're packing a POV, you know, you get to a point where you're just stuffing it where it fits. And sometimes in an LLV, too, you have those days. And now, I'm, like I said, I changed it up. I'm not marking anything anymore. You know, I first started by tubbing up the smalls in order and putting them in that way, which I still do. I load my truck in order. I last two weeks straight, I have not marked a single package. And I can probably say I've only had to backtrack and turn around for a package that I've forgotten three times. Which is probably less than I would do if they were marked. <laughs> but, you know, you change. And, you know, and if you see something, don't, especially as a new, as a new RCA, and you see, you know, ask other carriers what works for them. Don't be afraid to steal an idea or a way of doing things if it's going to help you do it. Don't be afraid to ask, you know, if one way is not working for you, don't be afraid to try something else. And don't be afraid to ask for for trying it a different way as well. You, you just made the point I was going to make that, you know, I worked at a box store part-time as an RTA when they first opened in the area. And the HR person they had come up to help get everyone up up to speed in orientation said to deal with pride. Yes. If you see someone doing something that you think will make your life easier, take the idea and run with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I would say, especially if you're newer, if you see someone doing something, ask them what, what and how they're doing it. Try it one time even if it's for just a small section of the route see if it works for you if it works for you great keep doing it if not no harm no foul and OJ, only... yeah and as an oji i actually we had a um an rca shadow day this past week and i went up talked to him because why they had him come in an hour after start time i have no clue I said, what's the point of shadowing if you're not shadowing from the very beginning throughout, just coming in and riding the route? To me, that's not a shadow day. I'm going to take that up with management, trust me. The carrier he was shadowing did bring him over where I was casing flats and was, sh you know, showing him because I was casing my pre-sorted bundles at that time. So, uh, you know, he was, you know, just kind of explaining to him. And I had a quick little moment break as I was waiting on clerks to finish sorting parcels. And... I walked over and I just happened to ask him. I said, "What? How? How do you learn the best? Do you work? You know? Do you? How, you know?" And I I explained the different ways. And you know, he told me. You know, he he's hands on. I said, "All right, that's you know, you know, going back to you know the last episode when we did the different ways of learning. That right there was you know a key to all right. Let me find out how he what what's the best way he's going to learn right off the bat before we even get him in this case touch and mail." 
Yeah, like I said, I changed my way multiple times since I was an RCA to now. And even as a regular carrier, I changed my way into the crisscross method that I learned actually from an RCA that had transferred to our office from another office. So there's no matter what, somebody's going to do something differently. And that different way may be a faster way for you. It may be a slower way for you. You never know until you actually try it. And don't just do it once. Try it a few times just to see if it changes. Absolutely. Because you do it once, you're not you're not going to get up to speed on it because you're trying to remember how it's done. But once you get the feel for it, it may actually flow faster for you and run smoother for you than previous methods you've done. So well, don't always just fall into just a single rut. Try new things sometimes. Well, that's yeah. what I said. Try it one time. To see if it's something that you think will actually work for you. If you don't, you know, after one time you're like, there's no way I can do, you know, this is going to work for me. I, I just can't grasp it. No. Then obviously you just pack it up. But if you're like, you know what, this isn't too bad. You try it again. And after like a week, you're like, yeah, this isn't saving me any time. You go back to what you were doing. Yeah. Well, even an old head like myself, I mean, my flat volume and DPS volume is so high that for me, the one bundle system works best. Okay. And and mm-hmm. I'll, I'm an old taco head. I, I'll put the first one in there and then stand everything up on the spine, you know, throw my DPS. Like I said, I get half, half a tray of, you know, mist sorts and everything in my DPS. But every once in a while, Rarely, I, I get the opportunity not to, you know, case the DPS up and I'll turn around and have minimal flats and raw mail in there and, and I'll work it right into the DPS. But, you know, more times than not, I, I have more than enough publications where for me, it's more proficient to do it, to case the DPS. And then I hit the street and, and it's bam, bam, bam. It's one bundle, no sorting. No, when I stop at a mailbox, I'm lucky I get my five seconds because. Yeah, you know, I'm driving through, you know, 98 miles an hour. No, okay, 96. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, I, you know, I believe in the speed more than accuracy, really. Well, yeah, there are, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. You, you, have, you have to to keep up with the speed matrix. Yeah, well, <laughs> surprisingly, my speed matrix is only 16 miles an hour. Wow, yours is lower than mine. Well, I'm I, older than I don't. You know, I don't and then remember. there's those that have their trucks that are in the shop every four to six weeks because, yeah. Break beds. Yep, yep. I actually just had to write my truck up for brakes, and my seat belt is, my lamp belt is starting to fray, and that's a safety issue. Nope. Oh, my hazard, my, my flashers intermittently don't want to work, so... When I first start out, they may not come on until I've used that turn signal a half dozen times. Or, you know, I shut the truck off and they come on. And then I start it back up and they're back off till I use that turn signal a half dozen times. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm on US 23. I want my flashers working. <laughs> Only the best equipment for you. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And don't See, if I that- get my truck back, I'd be a happy camper. And don't forget, you can also get that seat replaced if it's broken down. 
Yeah, that'll probably be eventually. That seat so far is still all right, but the seat belt is. I noticed on the casing there where you pull it out of, there's a crack, and that's where it's catching and it's causing it to fray. Well, you can always yeah. be like the RCA we got and drove the whole route with the emergency brake on oh, and geez. came back and said to the supervisor, something wrong with the truck. It smells like it's burning something. And they're <laughs> like, well, what do you, what's it smell like? And they said, well, it's really pungent and this and that. So they went out and they, they looked at the truck and here the back brakes were on fire. <laughs> I, I pulled up in my truck going, that's not good. <laughs> nope, it's not. Was, All right. Was that, another, was that another LLV for the records of, of burned down equipment? No, that was an FFV. It wasn't an LLV. But did it get burned down? No, no, they, they put it out. <laughs> not because they knew how to f operate a fire extinguisher, but there was a, a hose right there close to the uh, carrier's parking spot. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Hey, Kristen. Yes. I heard you had an announcement you wanted to make. Well, I'm not going to make a full announcement, but be on the lookout for something special, uh, possibly later this week. It might have a special guest joining us that may take us on a trip and continue to go on further and might have to deal with a little bit of uh arbitration in there too at the end oh 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 i oh i i know already i know already and you didn't tell me <laughs> um it has been in the works for quite a long time i will say that hopefully it may come to fruitation and so it's and if it does, there will be a special episode at the end of this week. <laughs> so everybody hold your breath. <gasps> All right, you can breathe. <laughs> you know, if they held it until the until it actually happened, they would all probably pass out. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so. All right, let's end this thing tonight. All right. Josh. Be safe out there. It's getting darker earlier, especially now that we change the time. Don't get overwhelmed. If you do, take a step back, take a deep breath, and step back in. Have a good week. I will not see you guys next Sunday. Or we'll speak to you guys next Sunday because it's my booster. My state booster meeting is next weekend, so I will be attending that, but I will see you the week after. Safe travels to and from, so I know you got a little bit of a drive there. James. Yeah, yeah Josh, we expect a full report in two weeks, in the two weeks episode, on your booster. And uh, oh, for everybody. Old people hanging out, talking, giving uh, updates on insurance plans and other stuff. Yeah. Well, a lot of people think that carriers have to get it quick, get it fast, know it all, and get it done, especially management. But it is up to you to be accurate. 
Accuracy breeds speed. Speed does not breed accuracy. You can do the route fast, but you won't be accurate. But if you are accurate, you'll eventually get fast at the route. Don't let people pressure you. Try new things if you want to. But just remember, at the end of the day, the only thing that's important is that the mail gets delivered. And I will back any carrier that does their job efficiently and safely any day. Just remember, no matter what, we're all in this together. Absolutely. Thank you. Hey, Bill, your last final words for this evening. Well, the, the kind of uh, fork off of uh, James there. We are all one craft. And there's a lot of comments on social media that to me is disturbing because of the fact that they talk down to people. You don't know if they're brand new. You don't know if they have a learning disability. You don't know what's going on in their lives. Please, non-dues paying, dues paying, please treat everybody respectfully on social media. If somebody asks a question and they start out, I know this might be a dumb question. Please take into consideration they don't know and they're looking for help. They're looking for your assistance. So be courteous enough to give them a respectful answer. Amen. Now, that do, now that we do have the time change and the darkness is in, folks, be ever present of your situation on the road. You you don't know where that dog's coming from or in the dark. You know, uh, take the tips from everybody here with the fingertip gloves with lights or headlights or whatever suits you best. But be extra careful out there if you're out after dark. And, you know, remember, you're the most important delivery of the day. Get home to your family, your loved ones, because the post office will replace you in a heartbeat without missing you. We will miss you. So be safe and get home to your loved ones. Thank you guys. Everybody brought some good key points out there, especially with this time change that happened this week. And if you are in the northern regions with the impending season coming upon us shortly, to definitely stay safe and stay warm properly. Stay tuned for special possible special episode at the end of the week and well, I'll be back Sunday, except for Josh. So everybody take care, have a safe week, and we'll talk to you later. Oh, la, 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 la.